My name is Alec Fokapu. I'm the CEO of 54. Welcome to the African Tech Roundup, Bud. Hi. Thank you for hosting me. So we were just uh, speaking before this interview began about, you know, reflecting on the Afrobytes Tech Conference, uh, reflecting on the curation of the event, how we have so many people from various uh, parts of Africa's tech industry. And then we got to talking about some of the things that we we both feel ought to be done better on the continent in terms of creating a conducive environment for for tech to to thrive and not just tech in the in the sort of enterprise context. I think that's pretty much proven at this point. But the tech ecosystem that starts with you know startups that later grow into big ideas into big business tell me some of you know share with our listeners some of what you were telling me now what have you identified and i know well, we'll talk about your business in a while and the specifics of what you guys are trying to do uh, but you obviously have sight on nigeria as a market because of what you do but give me a sense of what you think needs to happen and which good ideas we might borrow from from other countries Sure. Well, there is something that is very interesting to to look at when you look at the early startup companies in Africa. And I will talk speaking about Nigeria, but I think it can be very. Really, I mean, it's kind of similar in other countries in Africa. Um, first of all, you have small companies looking for money, looking for actually business angels, people who are willing to take risk, and if I may, people who are willing to lose money. The idea is that in 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 US, for instance, a business angel knows that if he invests in ten startups, out of them, let's say eighty to seventy percent will be a failure, total failure. He knows that he will never recover that money. Maybe two will be like an average success, and one will be a big shot, a big success, like the Facebook or the kind of the equivalent. So he knows that out of ten. There is only one of them that will recover, will be, make the return for investment. So that's why I use the word lose money. And the reason why I say that, because as African, we don't like to lose money. We don't like to invest. We're not, if you allow me, educated to lose money. Okay, so again, I'm going to have to stop you there because I am, I'm all about the narrative, right? Sorry, sorry. So, yeah, so we love to invest because, I mean, I don't know, I can speak for my culture where cattle are a huge investment. I mean, a man uh, must have his cows and he builds a family around, mm -hmm. you know, uh, wealth. I'm talking about in a traditional sense, right? Mm -hmm. um, yes, but in the, in the context of a traditional mindset towards investment, mm -hmm. That the experimental nature of being able to Test. make make peace with the fact that not everything works out, but that doesn't make trying uh, worth uh, not worthwhile. Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I have to change a bit what I said. Is that um, it's the risk approach is a little bit different here in Africa. It's a very risky environment, so whatever risk you take, you have to be very careful about the risk you are actually taking when you invest. So when I say we're not educated, I meant mainly that uh, we're not used to this kind of investment because the overall environment is that is a risk. So the kind of decision that you make obviously will be more conservative. It needs to be a sure thing. Exactly. So that's why most of business that you we probably find are like. Um, um, let's say traders, basically they buy and sell stuff and they just get the commission out of it. I'm not saying it's all the business. That was obviously a business that create a lot of value. With but again, if you to, if, again, to your point, um, if you look at the, the informal 
economic sector of most mm. uh, you know leading economies on the continent. Yeah, yeah. You do I mean, you, you're you're looking at uh, you're looking at people who are invested in a, a trading endeavor, usually in an informal environment, a straight line between buying something for a low price and selling it for a higher exactly. one. Exactly. That that that's basically what happened here. So you just take a, a profit margin out of let's say you buy and sell, and it's. Doesn't create value. It doesn't create more jobs, basically. So and wealth, I suppose, in the in the context of the kind of wealth that you know you can build long term, you can build long term value not only for yourself but also for the overall community. You can actually have a higher number of suppliers, for instance, if you actually build something with value with an asset and that you invest in. So that is not something that actually happened on the continent, and this is funny. It's not because there is not enough money. There is something that I believe strongly: there is enough money. There is there are enough money in Africa now. We don't need more money. We don't need World Bank. We don't need FMI. We don't need any help from anyone. I'm sorry to say that there is enough money now. What needs to change is the flow. How the money flows in the country. I think it's interesting that you you point this out because even some of the big business successes that were typically mentioned, you know, the Elumelus of this world, to use Nigeria as an example, to use. Uh, you know the Dangotes, and uh, again, it's really a high-profile, large-scale example of the the basic buy and you know buy something for a certain price and sell. Look, I mean, to be fair, they they are. Dangote, for instance, Dangote in Nigeria, when he started his business, that's exactly what he did: buy low price and sell high price. He has very favorable environment and condition at that time but that's exactly how we study and make his wealth so and for a lot of people that's what business looks like exactly. if if, it, if business doesn't look or sound or feel like that it's not, it's not a business even if i have the disposable income to spare on on participating as an angel investor or a vc exactly that and that's the main issue you know here we're talking about symbol you know when your main symbol example the model the rule model that you have is buy and sell and that's what you have in mind, then why would you want to build something different? Why would you want to do something different? So what we need here is another kind of role model. People will say, guys, I invested, I believe five, seven, ten years from now, it will be a huge success. And for that, you have to believe in yourself, in your country, and in your people. And uh, that is also something that is probably I don't know, very missing, or, or that is something that I don't feel. I feel it. I met very, I mean, like, tremendous entrepreneurs, people who are, like, willing to invest over the long term, but they are the exception. They're not the rule. And so do you feel like gatherings like Afrobytes offer an opportunity for us to to share insights like that? Like that? Do, you, do you feel like there's a readiness, like, in the room? What I like, let me put it this way. What I like about what I've experienced so far here relative to other conferences, yeah. for example, is... Uh, by and large, people are here to talk business, right? And what's happening on the main stages and in the breakout rooms and everything is important. But I can see the premium that people, people are putting on meeting and stepping aside, actually getting business done. Yeah, yeah. There, there seems to be an urgency around that here that I, I haven't quite seen at other conferences. I, I can tell you, I can tell you, it is happening because I think there is a, there was there has been a good creation and the people who are here are very high profile, very qualified and very capable people and all of them they have project and I would say that there's some kind of uh, you know compatibility that can happen. I just talked with a woman just before actually coming here and uh, she was right away we managed okay there's something that we can actually build together and uh, this is the kind of um, this is the kind of conference where 
we are we meet the people who are like us those people are builders we are all of us here we are builders we build the future and that's what is kind of great with Afrobyte. that's what i can feel here and we're not only building companies but we're also building a mindset you know when you can actually think as um, you like an african and you stop thinking like okay i'm less than western countries but you cannot think to yourself that they're going to follow my lead well it's a different mindset that's something that also we need to build not only companies but also mindset both work together and so let's talk about mindset because i feel your business uh speaks to mindsets in in the aspects of it that are is sort of regulation technology driven the aspects of it that are uh, conscious of the importance of building trust and uh, be, uh, you know promoting best practice compliance uh, facilitating the kind of comfort that perhaps uh, investors in the developing world have come to expect from from looking at business prospects in their context but sometimes feel like africa's just the scary place and 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 if if, if i get i get the sense that you mean to address mindset on both sides uh, you know where it's a mindset issue perhaps in the context of a, a non-african or a foreign investor going well i'm comfortable with africa because i get it now mm-hmm. and on the continent uh, someone understanding at, at the very least the the standard which they need to operate in order to be viable or to be perceived as viable to be perceived as trustworthy and and access the resources they need to grow mm-hmm. is that is that an accurate way of describing what might be behind your business sure totally actually one of the things that um i want we want to achieve here if i have to summarize in simple words there is a business culture in the Western world and there is a business culture in Africa. And there is one thing that has never been recognized, that there is a business culture in Africa, which is very specific. And uh, people have to take that into account when they come to invest in that country. But there is not, there is not something who actually explain that to them. You know, there is, they don't understand that relationship, trust between individuals, trust within family, community, plays a critical role in business and in Europe it doesn't exist or so less I mean that is not that important in Europe a company A can have business with company B and they don't know each other and then in Africa it doesn't happen I have to know who you are I have to know where you come from basically and uh, this sense of trust in business basically uh, uh, needs to be translated into European framework of thinking and this is what we actually do with our platform you're sort of a, an api for <laughs> a cultural <laughs> api in the entrepreneurial exactly. context exactly that's exactly what we do which is why uh if i go going back to my business is that which is why our reaching business model is based on like it's a social network it's a community-based rating african reaching african companies working in africa also reaching companies working in africa and we translate these ratings into a language that European can understand. They're like, okay, it's finance. Okay, I get it. Governance. Okay, I get it. Operation. What is the supply chain? Okay, I get it. So that's what we do, basically. And that way, we allow both worlds to meet. And they speak the same language, our language. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, 
because I'm based in South Africa, what's very topical at the moment uh, economically is the various ratings agencies downgrading, basically downgrading uh, South Africa's status in their books to, to, to junk status, right? And, and, and they're not without their reasons. I mean, it's, it's, it's a politically turbulent time in South Africa, etc. But there's certainly a growing uh, resentment mm-hmm. in particularly the developing world mm-hmm. Uh, or, uh, around ratings agencies that seem to ha- have um, a potentially uh, uh, crippling effect on economies, industries, companies um, with their with a well with what they call objective ratings regimes and so on and so forth. And um, look, I don't believe they're always criticized fairly, but uh, there is an undercurrent of. Uh, of dissent that's based on the fact that what gives someone else the right to rate my business, yes. right? So you're operating within a broader context where that's an issue. Mm-hmm. And h- how do you go about um, selling your proposition to startup founders who might who, who might not be comfortable uh, subjecting themselves to, to, to something like this? Well, um, if you're an entrepreneur, the... Let's forget about European companies or U.S. companies. Let's talk between Africans, okay? You want to find a customer, your suppliers. At the end of the day, it will be all about your reputation and who you know, where you come from. People will always ask that question. So if we can actually provide those entrepreneurs a place where this information is available, basically where we say, okay, this company, this is where they come from, the founder, this is who they are, and they are good. It's not me saying it. It's that all the people who work with them that actually testifying that they are good. And those people, they are also trustworthy. So this is trustworthy, say, this is trustworthy people saying that this company is good. But because it's based on a social network, and we are using social network, we are Facebook, LinkedIn, so everybody knows how to use that. So there is no technical barrier or cultural barrier on going on the platform and provide some, let's say, data or professional data. So they know they know how to do that. And also from a cultural perspective, <clears throat> uh, it's part of the already process of doing business in Africa. We're just making it digital. That's it. And so tell me what your database looks like in terms of size, what's your footprint, and, and most importantly, how are our startups responding to this proposition and perhaps equally important how, you know how are you selling this proposition to clientele who are presumably are buying subscriptions to access this data sure um the um, uh, as of now our platform database is like five thousand companies our main market is in nigeria uh, which is uh, let's say 95 percent of our database but that's because we just started in nigeria and we launched a couple of months ago before that we were doing you've got five thousand companies signed up already yeah and uh, we have 50 customers paying customers and uh, again in nigeria those are mainly companies dealing with suppliers and also dealing with distributors so that's how it works as of now and the idea is uh, the adoption is kind of great for now, and we hope to have 100,000 companies by the end of this year, 2017. The reason why is a social network, remember, and it will grow exponentially. And we, uh, we, believe, um, we believe it will grow exponentially because people need, they really need someone to vet for them. 
And that's just basic behavior in Africa. You need someone to vet for you. Uh, and for the customer, they are lost. I mean, like most of the customers are big companies or subsidiaries of big corp. When they are in Africa, they are lost. They just don't understand the country and they need someone to tell them, okay, this company is good. But actually, this someone is not me, not even my company. It's the community that say, okay, this company is trustworthy. So this African thing, that was African are good. I will give you a particular example. We have one of our customers, which is an insurance company. And you know that when you want to do um, import-export, you might need some uh, credit export insurance. But here's the thing, that there is no data in Nigeria uh, for some companies, for insurance companies to actually provide an insurance, and so you cannot import a product or you cannot even export. And you have a lot of insurance companies, or one of our biggest uh, customers, which is an insurance company, they say, okay, this information that you give us, it's more valuable than the balance sheet or the financial statement of a, com of a company. Think about it. The information that we provide based on the network is more valuable than the financial statement of a company because the financial statement is outdated most of the time, is not trustworthy most of the time, and is also limited. It only looks at finance, but I want to know how the company is going. Is the company doing well? And uh, one of the main incentives for a founder will be, okay, this is a way for me to get financing. I can, have, I can have insurance for my transaction. I can have a financing for my transaction. And I can have investors looking at me because they know that I'm transparent, but in the right way. I'm curious now about your business as a startup sure. and how you're supporting the venture, uh, what challenges you're seeing. We, we raised funds last year uh, in 2016, and uh, we probably raised more funds in 2018. So if any investor here... <laughs> Please note. Um, so the idea, the thing... And when you say raise funds, what how are you raising like a pre-series A? What is it? It will be a series A. In 2018, it will be a series A. Is that like a Silicon Valley 5 million? Three to 5 million in 2018. Okay, fine. Um, so the, um, the idea for us... Uh, three, sorry, 3 to 5 million in 2000 and? Oh, 2018. Okay, say that again. So we're looking for 3 to 5 million in 2018. Okay. All right. In addition to, <laughs> in, ad in addition to five hundred thousand uh, euro, which was our seed event, seed uh, seed um, fundraising. So that was. And did you do that here in Europe? Uh, we did that in Europe. Uh, in Europe, exactly. Yeah. We raised in Europe mainly business angels. So all of them were CEOs and so on. Okay. So again, I need. To, I want you to share what you shared with me, right? Yeah. So the 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 thing that uh, one of the things I was talking before is that I don't understand this. Oh, sorry. I do understand what we actually need in Africa because to support early stage company in US, the way it works in Silicon Valley mainly, you have business angels and you have like an ecosystem mainly driven by business angels that will actually invest in small companies. They will take risk. And then in France, we have something a little bit different because most of the support is done by the French government through a grant that is basically given to uh, young entrepreneur with like 30,000 euros you can that have for free and you can do whatever you want with the money and you can also have like um, another support from the government will give like 70% of your salary for nearly two years so think about that in the US you have the business angel environment that can finance you for one year two years in Europe you will have the, or in France mainly you will have the grants and subsidies and all the support for your salary if you if you want to launch a project that you can experiment for like uh, 12 to 24 months 
And um, in Africa, what do we have? We have nothing. But what is very interesting here is that between France and US, they don't use the same approach to support early stage, which means in Africa, we can actually develop something on our own. We have money. We have entrepreneurs. So there is something to build here. There is a bridge which is missing which is this mo between the money that we have in Africa, we already have, and the current set pool of entrepreneurs. So it's, uh, assuming you landed 5 million euro over the next sort of 6 to 12 months, yeah. what would you do with it and which places, which uh, markets on the continent would get your attention? Uh, as of now, we are in Nigeria, and as you know, it is one of the leading economy in the country. In the country, so we're going to expand to English-speaking countries uh, because uh, we start in English, so we will continue. So South Africa is obviously on the list. Egypt is also on the list, and uh, and we also start uh, working on French companies because, as you know, I'm a French, <laughs> so that would feel strange if I don't uh, look at some French-speaking countries in Africa. Where are you from, and how did you end up choosing Nigeria? Aside from the obvious, the size. And and the size of the, the population. But how does a, a Francophone individual choose an English-speaking part of the world to... Oh, an English-speaking part of, of Africa to operate? It's a long story. <laughs> I will try to make it short. Initially, this company uh, was an investment fund. I started as an investment fund. I raised 1 million euro to invest in SMEs in French-speaking countries. I was working in Mali, Burkina, and Benin. And uh, I have done that for two years. It was a huge failure because one of the entrepreneurs I invested in stole the money, flew away with it. And uh, that we had two investments at that time and he just stole the money, just disappeared, just like that. We managed to find him with Interpol and so on. And we kind of realized at some point that, okay, guys, there's something wrong going in this continent. And uh, what is not going well is that you don't know who you can trust. I come here, I invest, I have a good intention, I want to create value, and that is taken from me. So, which is why I shift to do this business, working on bridging trust first, and then doing whatever we want in terms of investment. But here's the thing, uh, I realized that uh, in Nigeria, I have one of my actual customer, current customer, sorry, was like okay i like i'm struggling uh, with the nigerian companies uh, i know that you've been uh, assessing companies for investment fund do you want to do it in nigeria for us and i was like yes but we're going to use my methodology so i designed a methodology on the spot it was very minimal at that time not as complicated and sophisticated and sophisticated as it is right now and uh, that's how we started it so that's how i ended up in nigeria because someone was needed what i wanted to offer yeah, I'm so glad I asked the question. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> That's for you. Wasn't that long, actually? <laughs> yeah, and w w so where is your home country? You didn't say. Actually, I was born and raised in France, but my original country is Cameroon, so I'm a Cameroon. Hola, so you're Rebecca and I'm Charles, homeboy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, no, it's been fantastic uh, chatting with you, and um, thank you so much for, for rubbing shoulders with us here at Afrobytes Tech Conference. Thank you so much, and all the best with this business. 
um yeah we look we'll check the sky for you and hope you land that investment thank you <laughs> i hope so <laughs> throw us a commission or something <laughs> oh we obviously <laughs> no 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 i'm kidding messing messing around just let us know when you do that we want it we want, would love to know sure sure we'll give you updated don't worry we'll do that thank you very much for the invitation that was great cheers